Come on, is anyone thankful for the grace of Jesus here this morning? Come on, why don't we praise Him? Jesus, we love You. We're thankful for You. And we are expectant and excited for what You're going to do here this morning. And everyone who agreed said, Amen. Awesome. You can grab your seat. How you doing, 8.30 service? Good. You're doing good. You're looking good this morning. And, and I just want to say I'm so glad that you guys are very familiar with the words of Jesus where He says, when you, go to a ta- when, you, when you go to a feast, make sure you don't sit in the best seat so then you can be exalted to the best seat when you're invited. And so I just want to let you know, this is your invitation to sit up the front if you would like to. I'm glad to see you've left the best seats empty. It's very good. And this is your invitation. You may move forward if you would like to. Um, but it's all good. Are you excited to be together this morning? Yeah, four of us. That's good. I'm glad you're excited. Hey, I just want to say a uh, hello from Pastor Chris and Sue. They're actually with our Warwick campus this morning, who I believe a bunch of them joining uh, joining us online. So let's give it up for our Warwick campus. Um, I've heard the Warwick campus is so keen, they actually like all attend the 8.30 service online and then they go to church at 9.30 um, in person. So I think that's pretty amazing. But Pastor Christian Sura and Warwick celebrating Pastor Cam and Kay's 20-year anniversary of leading our Warwick campus. So I think we should give it up for Pastor Cam and Kay. Amazing. Um, and they're doing such a great job there. They've actually got a brand new building that they're ready to build. It's all through council. Uh, it's in the final stages of just the last few things coming together, but they should be in, well, starting to build that very soon. So that's really excited for them, uh, just doing great things in the community of Warwick. Hey, I wonder if you've ever made a mistake that actually turned out for the better. Uh, maybe, or had a mistake happen, and in the end you look back on it and you're like, I'm actually really glad that that happened. Maybe you ordered something and you got the wrong order, but you actually discovered a new thing. Um, I don't know if you're like me. I'm very non-confrontational. So, you know, if I order a latte and I get a hot chocolate, my response is, thank you. Uh, I will drink this. I will not complain. I will not take it back. I'll deal with it. If I order chicken and I, uh, I get the steak, I'm, I'm, it's okay. I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, but I remember one time a mistake that, that worked in our favour was when I was in high school. Um, I, was, I was actually in primary school, sorry, and we were playing, you know, the inter-school soccer competition. Who, who here played inter-school kind of sports on a Wednesday or Friday afternoon? You play against the other teams. Um, and we, we actually had quite a decent soccer team. We had a few people on our team that played for state, uh, a few that played for kind of Queensland-level futsal teams. And so we, we were pretty confident. We had a few people like me who weren't really great but looked really good when you're around other good players. And, and the most beautiful mistake was made in that we were put into the C-grade division. And we had this killer team in the C-grades. And let me tell you, we had the time of our life for about six weeks of inter-school sport. We were just, you know, to put it politely, we were just destroying these other teams. <laughs> you know, we were playing the kids who was like, oh, I, I don't really want to be doing inter-school sport, um, so I'll just, I'll just tick soccer. That'll do. Um, and, and we were winning games. Literally, I don't know if you know much about soccer. You're not supposed to win by 20 goals. <laughs> winning by 20 goals. We basically, it was a loss for us 
if our goalkeeper didn't score. That was, our, that was our aim every week, was let the goalie get a goal. It was like I was walking away like, oh, I only scored four points today. Um, and this is not NRL. This is soccer. You're not supposed to be able to do that. And I remember it was just the most beautiful beautiful mistake where we just basically crushed all the hopes and dreams of these other teams. And I remember I went to a Christian school and I remember our sports teachers kind of encouraging us after a few weeks of utter dominance um, that maybe we should be a little bit like like Jesus and show some kindness to these other teams. I mean, you know it's bad when you're getting told that, right? And I was like, no, my God is a conqueror. I rebuke that. I'm going Old Testament God here, all right? We're going we're gonna to put them down. We're not going to give them any hope. And and uh, anyway, that happened. And what, what happened after a few weeks, the, the mistake was corrected, which was very disappointing. Um, and we, instead of probably going to the B grade where we should have been, we got put in the A grade. And we got a taste of our own medicine, and we became the team that was being dominated every single week. And I think what a, what a metaphor for life. You know, often in life, it can feel like we're kicking goals, we're taking ground, we're growing, everything's going according to plan. Who's had a season in life like that, where it's just like, man, all the stars are aligning, how good is this? And then in other seasons, it's like, man, I'm struggling to get anywhere. I'm struggling to take a step forward. I feel like life is just battering me. It's like all the odds are against me. And what I want to talk about this morning is, is what should we actually do when we're in a season like that, when it seems like all the odds are against us? What, what, what do we do and, and how should we respond? And where is God in the season where it seems like everything is against us? There's a really interesting story in the Old Testament um, about Israel. And basically what happens is this, this enemy and this army that comes against them and they're basically coming to take all of the Israelites. They're basically coming, they say, we're coming to take your women and your children. We're going to make them slaves. I mean, that's a bold claim. This is not a surprise attack. It's like, we're coming for you. Um, and, and the Israelites come out and they have this, this battle where they're totally outnumbered and they overcome and they win. It's this incredible kind of move of God. They take them into the mountains and they fight in the mountains and they win. Um, but basically what happens is that God speaks to them and, and he says, hey, these guys, they're coming back next year. And that's what happens. They go, they have a year off, they, they retrain, they come back with an even greater army. And that's where I want to pick it up because it's, it's reading from the enemy's perspective, which is the Armenians. It's like they've got it all figured out. So it says in 1 Kings 20, 23, it says, Meanwhile, the officials of the king um, Aram advised him, so these guys, they think they've got it all worked out, all right? These are the officials. I kind of picture this being like, they're like, aha, we have worked the Israelites out. We will get them. I picture this evil kind of voice. And it's like, and they, this is what they say to the king. They say, their God, speaking of, of Israel's God, their gods are the God of the hills. That is why they are too strong for us. But if we fight them on the plains, surely we will be stronger than they. So it goes on 1 Kings 20, 26, 27. The next spring, Ben-Hadid mustered the Armenians and went up to um, effect to fight against Israel. When the Israelites were also mustered and given provisions, they marched out to meet them. The Israelites camped opposite them, get this, like two small flocks of goats, while the Armenians covered the countryside. Now, if you think of a goat, you think of many things, right? Uh, they're kind of funny, they're cute, depending from where you are in the world, they're good eating. Um, goats are a picture of lots of things, but one thing goats aren't is intimidating. 
if I'm going into battle, I don't want someone to be like, yeah, he looked like a, a, like a goat. I don't want that. I, I, you know, I want to be some kind of mighty creature. If I'm going out with my boys, if it's on, I don't want to be like, and they came out like two small flocks of goats. And uh, I actually got a couple of pictures of goats just to send this, pitch, uh, this point home. We've got, you know, we've got cute goats, hopefully. There we go. Two small flocks of goats. We've got a small flock of goats. There they are. Can't really see that one. That was taken with a potato, that photo. And, uh, you know, they're, they're very cute. This is, not, this is not warmongering, okay? This is not intimidating, scary. This is not send your, your enemy quaking. I even searched, I was trying to find scary goats, so I searched war goat into Google just to see what would come up. And this is what I got. There's a war goat. <laughs> Again, I'm not really sure if that's intimidating. That's not what I'm going for if I'm going into battle. I, I want to be strong and cre- courageous, but instead they say, nah, they're like two small flocks of goats. While their enemy, it says, covered the countryside. It's like all you could see was the enemy. And, and bear, to, to talk about against all odds, two flocks of goats against a sea of enemies. And not only that, they're fighting on the plains where the enemy has already said, no, no, their God is not the God of the plains. Their God, it's the God of the mountains that they serve. But I love what goes on here in uh, verse 28. It says, a man of God came up to them and told the king of Israel, this is what the Lord says, because the Armenians think the Lord is the God of the hills and not a God of the valleys, I will deliver this vast army into your hands and you will know that I am the Lord. I love that, that God is saying, hey, you know what? I'm not just the the God of the mountaintop. I'm not just the God of the hill. I'm not just the God of the good times. I'm God in the valley too. I'm God when it's not going well. I'm God when the odds are against you. I'm God when the bad doctor's report comes in. I am Lord over all. Does anyone believe in a God that is a God of all situations here this morning? I love that. God is basically like, I love when the odds are against me. I think God loves to surprise us when it could be only Him. And I think that should be an encouragement to you this morning. If you have a situation where it's like only God is the only way through this, you're in the perfect position to see God do a miracle in your life. He loves it when it's against all odds. He loves when I'm playing out of my league. He loves when the odds are stacked against him. God is always at work, even when I can't see it. Do you believe it? So where is God? Well, God is always with us. And what should I do? Well, I think the first thing we should do is just to know that I can actually be victorious against all odds. When the odds are stacked against me, just because maybe the world or the doctor's report or whatever says it's going to go one way, we've got to believe in a God who is victorious over all odds. I mean, Jesus rose from the grave. He defeated death itself. There is no situation in your life that Jesus can't bring to victory. Do you believe it? I don't have to be a victim to the circumstance that I am in. I love the promise of 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And I think this is an especially great scripture if you feel out of your depth. It says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Hey, I can be victorious against all odds 
when I realise and when I remember that it's about Jesus' power, not about my power. It doesn't say my power is made perfect in weakness. It says that God's power, Jesus' power is made perfect in weakness. And it's interesting, that word perfect, it actually means like brought to completeness or, or brought to a whole. In, in other words, um, if we weren't to have weakness, we wouldn't actually see God's power to the full extent. But if you feel weak or incomplete, if you feel like you haven't got it all together, if you feel like you've got some situations where you're lacking, again, you're the perfect candidate. You're, you're, you're positioned to see God's power revealed to its full. God's power is made perfect in weakness. And sometimes I think we can feel a little bit like, you know, if I could just be better at this or if I could just be better at that, then I could overcome. And, you know, sometimes we hear messages where it's like five keys to doing life well and five keys to, to victory, which, which is all good stuff. Like if you do this and you do this and then, then maybe, you'll God see, maybe, maybe you'll see a way through it. But I think at the end of the day, we really just have to believe in a God whose power is made perfect in our weakness, in a Jesus who is an overcomer, who's a conqueror, in a God that means, uh, in a God that, that doesn't let us be a victim to our circumstance. We have to believe that God's power reigns overall. Does anyone agree with that this morning? All the practical stuff is great, but sometimes we've just got to believe that we have a powerful God, right? We've got to believe it's Jesus that leads me to victory. As I immerse myself in His love, as I rely on His power, as I follow Him. So I want to encourage you, you know, maybe you're facing a situation where it seems like you're against all odds this morning might be in the area of healing. Maybe you have got a doctor's report and it's like, wow, there's really not a lot of hope in this. Maybe it's something to do with your job or it could be your business where things just, you know, it's like it would take the stars aligning for this to all work out. Maybe even in your relationships or in your marriage, there's this challenge where it's like, I just can't see a way past this. I want to encourage you that you are, again, the perfect candidate for a miracle that God loves to work, that God is always working in every season. He's not just God of the high points. He's not just God of when it's going well. He's actually with you and close and present and making a way when it feels like the odds are against you. So remember, I can be victorious. Second thought, even when it's against all odds, I can do big things for God. Even when it's against all, even when it's against all odds, you know, I really believe, I honestly believe that God has a big plan and purpose for your life. It's one of my life convictions. It's like, actually, every time I write a message, I have to be careful. I'm not just writing, God has a plan and a purpose for you. Because I feel like that's something that He's done in me. I feel like that's, that's kind of my life message. But I honestly believe it. I honestly, for every single person here, God wants to do something in you and to you. But more than that, God actually wants to do something through you. He wants to use you as a part of His plan plan to bring hope and life and joy and peace back to a hurting world. He wants to use you. But sometimes when we hear that thought, we can instantly go to why God wouldn't want to use me. And I've really loved Pastor Chris's series on heroes and villains recently, talking about, hey, there's all still, you know, human in us. <laughs> we still don't have it together. And it's, and it's interesting how that can sometimes be all we focus on. And I thought the image he used of, you know, if you have a thousand piece puzzle of the Mona Lisa, but the piece for the nose is missing. It's the only piece that you're going to see. And often in our life, it can be like that, where all we see is what's missing. And we don't actually notice that we've got all this good stuff going on, all these things that God, have, God has redeemed. We don't see the gifts that God's given us because there's just that one thing that's missing. 
Maybe you even actually feel like the odds are stacked against you. Um, Maybe you feel like when you came into this life, it's like you rolled all ones. It's like, thanks, God. Thanks for giving all the gifts to my brothers and sisters. I don't know. If, has anyone got siblings like that where it's like, dang, they just got all the good stuff? You've got like this one, you've got this one sibling that got all the looks, this one sibling that got all the, the intelligence, and you're left with like the scraps. It's like, what's going on here, God? Like, come on, show me a bit of love. Um, I always get a little bit jealous of my, my sister because she's got this incredible ability just with like a fashion sense like no other. I don't get how it works. She'll walk into St. Vinny's, pick up a Hessian sack, throw it on, walk out, and it's like, wow, is that Gucci? Like, is that designer? I don't know how it works. It's like she can just, she goes into my dad's cupboard and pulls out all of these old things that I've seen him wear, and I'm like, that's not something he should be wearing. And then she wears it, and it's like, oh, my goodness, did you pay $1,000 for that? Uh, meanwhile, I'm over here like, you know, yesterday I was getting ready uh, to go out and I walked out and Talitha looked at me and she's like, you realise that shirt's covered in stains, right? And I'm like, oh no, uh, I just ironed this. How didn't I see that it was, that it was dirty? Um, you know, sometimes we can feel a little bit limited by almost like the way that we are. It's like the odds are stacked against us or, or maybe, it, you know, you feel limited by maybe even where you were born or what your experience has been, what your family life has been just want to encourage you that, hey, even when we feel like the odds are stacked against us, that God can actually still use us to do big things for Him. That God can actually use us to transform the lives of the people around us. Maybe even we feel like I'm not ready or I'm so worried about some things that have happened in my past. I love Romans 8, 28. And it says, and we know in all things, everyone say all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to his purpose. God has purpose for you. And I really feel the, to say this, even if you don't feel ready, you know, I, I'm convinced that you'll never feel ready for what God wants to do in your life. If you feel ready, you should dream a bigger dream. You, you should believe in a bigger God that he can do more through you. And, and I remember, you know, on the, on the thought of, of not being ready, I remember this girl who came to our church in Taipei and um, it, it was such a crazy experience because everyone there was a new Christian. Like everyone had only been on the journey for like a year. And, and this girl, she, she came to church and she made a decision to follow Jesus um, and, and she started bringing her friends along. And like a month later, she had all these friends that she was bringing. The life group she was bringing them to was like bursting at the seams. And we're like, we can't see anyone else to lead this except for you. Are you how, how do you feel about being a life group leader? And she's like, I've only been a Christian for like a month. And it's like, yeah, but you've been a Christian for a month longer than those guys, so I'm sure you've got something to teach them. And she went on to have this group that just multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. You will never feel ready for what God wants you to do. Even if you're one step further along the journey, you can help people go on the journey with you too. It's something I learned teaching English in Taiwan. I was only ever one chapter ahead of the kids that I was teaching. Um, because apparently they learn English different than, than we learn English here. Uh, I remember my first ever English class that I was teaching. And, and shout out to, to Claire Wearout, who was my English teacher at school. So this is not a reflection on you. Uh, <laughs> it, was more my, it was more my listening, I think, than your teaching. Um, and, but, but I remember getting there and, and I opened the book and I'm like, this is going to be easy, right? I'm teaching eight-year-olds. We're going to be doing cat, mat, bat, hat, easy. And it was like um, perfect present tense. And I was like, oh, that's a new one. <laughs> 
I feel like at school we only learned like past, present, future. I didn't know we had this all these perfect present tenses. And, and I remember like in the 10 minutes before my class started trying to learn this. And it was interesting because it's like, oh yeah, no, I know this stuff. I, I do this stuff every day. I just didn't know there was a rule about it. Um, but what I learned was, hey, you only ever have to be one step along the journey to bring someone on that journey with you. You might even be at the same place, but come on, God has called us to make a difference in this world, to love on and to care for and to lead people into the incredible future that He has for them. Do you believe it? Even when it seems against all odds, even when you feel like I've got all these excuses for why God wouldn't use me, I want to encourage you. He wants to use you. I think the temptation in season when things aren't going so great is to just get really focused here, to get focused on the problem, to get focused on my lack, to to get focused on my struggle. When God's saying, hey, would you look up and look out at all of the people that I've intentionally put in your life? There's a whole bunch of people out there that God wants to use you to, to bring transformation, or not even to bring transformation to, but, but to bring hope and peace and, and life to. God is looking for availability over gifting. Final thought, just so I get the band back to, to join me, because we're going to sing a song in a moment. But against all odds, I can have peace. Against all odds, I can have peace. You know, sometimes when, when we're in those seasons, and I, and I wonder if the Israelites felt like this as they're camped out as, as two small camps of goats. Um, if I was in their situation, I definitely wouldn't have felt like I should be able to have peace. I definitely would have felt like, God, what's going on here? Have you called us to die? But you know what? Whether I'm on the mountaintop or in the valley, God is with me and I can have peace. He is Lord over, good, he is Lord over all. He's Lord over the good times. He's Lord over the tough times. He's Lord over the, I have all that I need. And He's Lord over the, I don't think I have enough. He's Lord over the, I've got it all worked out. He's Lord when I feel confused. God is always with us. And I love what it says in Psalm 23, four to six. Famous scripture, but it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. A hard season, God is always with me. God doesn't promise no problems, but He does promise that He will always be present. In your greatest struggle, in your greatest trial, God is always close. It might not always feel like it, but sometimes that's because we have to actually remember, hey, God is with me. God has not left me. And it goes on, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a beautiful picture. Picture that even in the presence of my enemies. What's God doing? He's not worried. He's, he's preparing a table. I love that. He's, he's putting out the knife and the fork and, and there we are stressing. You know, it's, you know, sometimes we get caught in the what ifs, but God, what if this happens? Or what if this doesn't happen? Or what if it goes this way? And, and God's just there and He's like, pass the salt. God's not worried when we're worried. And that's, that's not to say that He doesn't care. He cares so deeply about us. He's so concerned about the things that concern us. But what He isn't is stressed about it. He is with us because He knows that He's the God over all. He's not just the God of the mountaintop. He's not just the God of the highlight reel of your life. He's not just the, the God of the Instagrammable moments. He's the God of the dark moments. He's the God of the challenges. He's the, the God of the struggles. 
and His love is following me. Even in the dark place, God's power can bring you through it and give you peace. And I love what it says in, in, in the Scripture. It says, peace that goes beyond all understanding. Basically, where it doesn't make sense for me to have peace, I can actually have peace. When the world would look at me and say, yeah, that's a hopeless situation, I can actually feel hope and peace because of who my God is. So I've got a couple of questions and then what we're going to do is we're actually going to sing because I think this is the, the kind of message that it's, it's all well and good for me to say it and, and everyone to listen to it. But, but I think it's important that we actually put it into words and we make it our declaration. And so in a moment, we're going to sing this song, a beautiful song called Highlands, which, which basically the song is saying, um, some of the lyrics are, um, in the highlands, in the valleys, in the good times and the bad times. I, I love it says that God is neither more or less inclined, depending on how our situation is, what season we're in. God is always just as inclined to be working and to be moving and to be close. So in a moment, I'm going to invite us to stand. Um, we're going to sing this together. And, and I would encourage us, let's, let's actually make it a declaration this morning. Because I, I don't know what kind of season you're in. I don't know what kind of challenges you're facing. Um, but God does. He knows what you're facing. And I'm sure His words to you this morning would be, and I'm with you and I'm close. So I think it'd be very powerful if we were just together to just declare that over us. But before we go there, I just got a couple of questions to be thinking about. First question, do you trust that God is at work in your current season? And not just as a throwaway line, not just as a, a Sunday, yeah, but God's working. Do you honestly trust that God is moving in the season that you're in currently? Can you identify an area where it feels like the odds are stacked against you? And do you trust that God is at work in that area too? And sometimes it can be easy to say God's at work in those areas. You know, it's great. God's still working. He's just working over there. No, no, no. He's, he's working in every area, even in the valley, even in the trial, even in the challenge. Is there somewhere in your life where you feel like you are the limiting factor? Maybe you're saying things like, if only I was a bit smarter, if only I, if I was a bit better at this, if, if only I had a little bit more faith. Can you accept that you are exactly who God wants to use? You're exactly who God wants to use. God is not just the God of the mountaintop. He's the God of the valley. God doesn't just use perfect people. He just uses available people. He uses people that say, look, God, I haven't got this all together, but my hand is up. If you want to use me, use me. Here I am. Here I am. I'm not trying to pretend like I've got it all worked out. But God, I know that you can use me. Hey, why don't we stand this morning, church? And if you're online, Wherever you are, if you can stand, stand. If you're driving, maybe don't stand. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to sing this song, Highlands. And, and, and like I said, I, I would just love it this morning. If This is just a kind of a response to the message. If, if something this morning has spoken to you, maybe that's what you wanted to hear. Maybe you are in a bit of a valley season, I suppose, where it's like the odds do feel a bit sacked against you. Like just trying to have a win can seem so difficult. Just trying to gain some ground, just trying to grow a little bit. I just encourage you, would you sing this with your heart this morning? Even if maybe singing's not your thing, would you just put it in, at least speak it out. Speak out these words, declare it over your situation. Maybe even remind yourself of what you believe. So thanks team, they're going to lead us in that and we're going to sing.
sing this morning, whatever I walk through. Whatever I walk through, wherever I am, you make me move mountains, wherever I stand. Come on, even if through the valley of the shadow of death. I walk through the valley of death, I sing through the shadows. Come on, sing it again, wherever I walk through. to sing that a little bit longer and, and I'd love just whatever you are walking through currently be it a health challenge a relational challenge a financial challenge would you just declare that whatever I walk through wherever I am God your name can move mountains wherever I stand whether the mountain is in my way or whether I'm on the mountaintop God I know that you are still at work so come on let's sing that again name can move mountains wherever I stand if ever I walk Come on, if, you, if that's you, would you raise your hands as you declare it? Whatever I walk through, wherever I am, you think of move mountains, wherever I stand. If ever I walk through the valley of death, I see through shadows my song. Come on, one more time. Whatever I walk through, wherever I Wherever I stand, if ever I walk through the valley of death, I see through the shadows my song in the sand. My song in the sand. Come on, why don't we praise God here this morning? Jesus, we just thank you that in the highlands and the heartache, you're neither more or less inclined. And I love that, that, that lyric of that song. You know, I'd search and stop at nothing, but you're actually not that hard to find. You know, God is close to you. I love the, the, um, the prayer, our Father who is in heaven, the, the actual kind of feeling of that scripture. It's not the best translation. It's our Father who is as close as the air that we breathe. Our Father, our God who is here this morning, who is working this morning, moving this morning. You know, maybe you are here. Maybe you are facing a challenge. I just want to, I'd love to just take a moment, just to, even just in this moment, just take a little bit of time. Maybe why don't we just close our eyes. Just take a moment to become aware of God's presence. Whatever's stressing you, whatever's weighing on your mind, just take a moment and just, just realize that God is present that He's in that challenge, that He's working even when you can't see it or feel it, that you can have peace, that you can have victory, that God is making a way. And Jesus, we just declare that over every situation that's faced here this morning. We thank You that You are at work in our lives. And we thank You that when You move in our life, it's not just for us, it's because You want to do something through us. So God, I pray this morning that you would help us to lift our eyes off our challenges, our shortcomings, our, our failings, and 
and help us to see people the way that you see people. God, I pray that you would break our heart for the things that break your heart. Help us to go out to make a difference in our community, in our neighbourhood, in our workplace. Even when it might seem like the odds are stacked against us, God, we believe that you are still working. Hey, maybe you're here this morning and maybe you've never actually made a decision to go on a journey of following Jesus. Can I just say that He is so on your side. He loves you so much. He's not far from you either. I've heard it said that God's only ever a prayer away. It's like He's right there. He's just he's, he's waiting for you to reach out to Him. And maybe this morning you'd just like to make a decision to kind of acknowledge that, to take a step towards God. Maybe you even don't understand everything. That's okay. Join the club. We, we haven't got it together. You want to take that first faith step of, you know what? I think there's actually something in this Jesus thing. If that's you, you could just put it simply into some words in your, in your own heart, in your mind of, Jesus, come into my life. I, I want to follow you. And I really believe if you pray that prayer, even in your heart, that God is faithful. It's going to make Himself real to you. Um, and if you are making that decision this morning, Pastor Matt's going to come and tell you what you can do next.